We're here again. Take two. Take two. That was the subject line of our email exchange about this. Anna Ritter, take two. Exactly. But really, this is take three now since we had to <laughs> start that last one over again. <sighs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's, it's been a lot lately, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, I'm grateful for that. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I was just rereading the email that you sent me at the beginning of this season. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That was a really powerful email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting married brings up a lot. Oh, yeah. I was just rereading it, and I felt like I was reading about my own life also. And I just, you know, sometimes when you aren't in close contact with somebody, you forget how much you resonate with them. (laughs) But every time I, like, encounter your energy, I'm always like, whoa, it's Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's uh, such a strong resonance between your experience and mine in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, you know, I feel like when people come on the show, they have like a kind of a concise story to give, like a more digested story. Uh-huh. At least that was my experience the first time I was on the podcast. And like uh-huh. this time, it all just feels very disorganized. <laughs> Oh, that makes me feel excited. Well, and I wanted to cancel. I was like, no, I think Tyla's really going to love that my thoughts are disorganized. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Tyla's really going to get off on that. It's true. I am really turned on right now. <laughs> so maybe my disorganization will serve a greater purpose. <laughs> Anna, it's going to serve the most incredible purpose ever. I can't even begin to tell you the energy that I'm feeling around this podcast right now is so exciting. Yeah. And it's, it's like also funny because we're being really quiet. I think sound wise on my end, because I have no sirens. because I'm not in New York anymore. There is a train that blows by sometimes. Uh, I don't know. It'll, it'll pick it up, but that's kind of, that's kind of fun. I hope we hear the train. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effects are just... Out of, did you hear that episode where Prince was playing in the background? I thought... Maybe not. It was. It might have just been like last week's episode, okay. but in the intro, there was like a purple rain was being screened in the street <laughs> outside my apartment, so I was recording the intro and Prince is like playing in the background. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I was actually in New York on Monday for a few hours, and New York was the quietest and, like, the most behaved it's ever been in my life for me. Uh. <laughs> Probably because it was a holiday, and I feel like New York's always, well, depends on the holiday, but for those long weekend holidays, I always feel like New York is more quiet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I guess we should start, huh? Yeah. Um, everybody, this is Anna. <laughs> She's been here before. And we were talking about PCOS. 
which stands for, tell me, <laughs> polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh-huh. And it's PCOS Awareness Month. <gasps> September. Wow. This probably won't come out in September. You know what? What It might. <laughs> Who knows? I do what I want. <laughs> so, it's, <sighs> yeah. Okay, maybe I have to bump it up. Yeah. For awareness. Okay, so <laughs> you have the um you have the stage, ma'am. What would you like to share about PCOS in a bite-sized way that's also going to entice everybody to go back and listen to that other episode? And I'll put the link in the show notes. Um I think the biggest thing for PCOS awareness is that it's not just a fertility problem. Um I think it mostly gets marketed in gynecology and it's really um, it affects your your metabolism, and that has really huge health effects. Um, so a lot of times, I feel like women, they kind of get stuck in this loophole of just taking birth control pills, and there's just, like, a lot more you can do to address, you know, the, the mechanisms behind, like, the dysfunction that's going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So if there's anybody out there who is experiencing what? Um, it can be high levels of androgens, which are male hormones. So you can get like facial hair. You can have, um, you can gain weight easily around your midsection. Um, this is what we talked about in your episode. Yeah. You can have um, periods not as irregular as regularly painful periods, mood problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, so we, we yeah. dove into all that. So if you're out there listening and you are like, Hey, I need to learn more about this thing. Or if you already know about this thing and just enjoy listening to people talk about it, this thing, is that insensitive to say it that way? No, it's a really good <laughs> podcast. <laughs> The one we did, I feel like it goes over, like, a lot of deeper issues behind PCOS that it's always encouraging to hear people's stories that have gone through certain health things. Mm-hmm. Like, I always yeah. enjoy that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes you feel... Hearing other people's stories about stuff that's, like, scary and hard to navigate <laughs> makes us feel better, I think. Yeah, and it's it's really scary because it's not it's a I mean it's a female issue, so it's again like not I don't know. I think women get the bad end of the stick when it comes to medicine. Mm-hmm. Um I mean again, it's primarily treated through a gynecological lens, so it's like can you have a baby, can you not? And it's like that's the end of the of the of the help and it's there's just so much more to, to it than just like, can you have a baby or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, can I have energy and then I can have a baby? It's like, we should, <laughs> we should like figure out one before the other. Yeah. Um, let's not so make that, it all about the thing I can produce with my body. Like, let's make it about how I feel here in my body right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. PCOS Awareness Month. I will bump this episode up <laughs> so that it airs this month. <laughs> And that's my contribution. Maybe I'll, I was about to say, maybe I'll donate. Maybe I will donate somewhere. 
Where would people donate? Do you do you have a place that you like or? Um, there's something called a PCOS challenge, and they raise money for different. Um, I think it's like weekend events they have that bring awareness to the issue and different. Um, I think they go to like government entities and try to help them pass legislation that supports it. More research. Um, uh-huh. They do a variety of different things. If that sounds appealing to anybody out there, <laughs> you can give your money to those people. Mm-hmm. And we'll put that information all in the show notes. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Anna, what do you believe the people listening need to know about who you are and how you locate yourself and identify yourself in the world before we begin this conversation? Um, my name is Anna, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm currently rebranding myself. You're rebranding yourself? Yeah. Aha, uh-huh, I like that. <laughs> I've been rebranding for about three years. <laughs> but I'm newly open for business, and it is going well. Yay. What is that? Tinkling noise in the background. Oh, that's my tea. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, if you could not do that, that would be great. Yeah. It's kind of, I was kind of enjoying the effect. It was like in Get Out. Have you seen that movie? Uh-uh, I haven't. Okay, well, for anybody out there who's seen it, I was just having a moment listening to her stirring that tea that was like in the movie Get Out. Oof. <laughs> okay, now I'm back. What else? Um, I've only lived in Nashville a year. I lived in New York for almost six, and I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to work in the television and film world, and I no longer work in that world. So not having a job is a weird identity. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm with you. <laughs> so, um, it feels weird to not feel like I have a synopsis because I don't have a full time job, but um, that's it's a little bit how I feel. We're manifesting you a job, though. We are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay. Now that that's settled, you said recently married. Yes, I got married in June. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Three months. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How's it feeling? It feels good. I mean, it felt really different at first, and then now things have kind of settled into feeling kind of how they always did. Um, mm, how did it feel different at first? Well, I was really surprised. I felt different. I felt way more secure. Oh. Uh, yeah. I didn't really think I needed a marriage license to have that, but yeah, but then once you had it, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. I'm feeling this way." Oh my didn't, god. Didn't expect that. I can only imagine that kind of security. Yeah, it's and I don't know, it gives it like a little more response like more responsibility for myself and for Adam, like I'm sick and I don't really feel like cooking, but when I cook, 
he often will like have leftovers for lunch, but I'm, and I know we're a little stressed about money right now, so I don't want him to buy lunch. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to, after this podcast, make him lunch. And I just, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It's like you're, that self-sacrifice piece that comes up in relationships feels more natural. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Because it's forever. <laughs> it's like, I'm happy to be of service to you, my love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does so much for us and, you know. The little things that add up, you know. Yeah. Mm. Ah, well, I hear you and feel you. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It was, it was like we were in Charleston for almost a week, and then we were in Greece for eight days, mm. and it was. Def- I like equate it to like the emotional. Um, equivalent of probably doing a lot of ecstasy for three weeks and then coming down from it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've never done ecstasy, so I don't know what it's really like, but uh, that's the only Uh thing I can imagine is like, you're in this really unusual space of like the highest emotions ever. And then you come home to reality and you're like, oh, so that that is hard. And people always talk about it. They're always like, oh, after the wedding and the honeymoon, it's like a really it's kind of a hard period. And I didn't really completely believe everybody, but mm. Mm. it's been a little bit unusually stressful, but it'll work out. As I say, sayings are sayings for a reason. You know, like <laughs> the honeymoon is over is a real saying. <laughs> yeah, it's a real saying. Mm, I'm sorry. That's, uh I feel for you. Yeah. I mean, I also has to do, like, like, getting married in Charleston just reminded me how much I love Charleston and miss Charleston. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I never thought, if I left New York, I thought I'd go home to Charleston. Mm. Yeah. I'm in a different place. So it's like, I'm with the person I want to be with, so... Uh, well, that's. Away. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I got excited. <laughs> I'm just saying, being with who you love is home. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. I got excited because I was like, "This is the most perfect segue ever <laughs> into our episode." <laughs> Are you ready to go back? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to invite you to shut your eyes and place a hand on your heart and a hand on your womb space if that feels aligned for you. And just do some deep grounding breathing. And allow yourself to travel back through this very special, very alive portal to a year ago tonight.
and let yourself become fully present to everything you are feeling and experiencing. And when you feel like you've landed somewhere, share with me in one word what you're feeling. <laughs> okay, so now finish the sentence for me, please. A year ago tonight. A year ago tonight, I felt settled in my new home um, after unpacking all my belongings after two-day drive um, mm. over the long weekend. From New York City? From New York City, yeah. <sighs> How was that drive? Um, well, I, the drive was great because I actually wasn't doing the driving. Um, Adam drove the U-Haul, but um, it was nice. We broke, it's really, a, it's a 14-hour drive, but we broke it up because we would drive really slow because you can't really drive a U-Haul fast. <laughs> um, and also just allowed us to take more breaks and not get too tired. Um, and that's kind of how Adam and I are, we have very similar um, personalities in that we really take our time with things and we're, we're never really in a rush. <laughs> Mm, what a nice quality to cultivate in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so that works out. We don't have a lot of fights where one is trying to be like, why are we doing this faster? Because we're normally like, oh, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Oh, should we have? <laughs> like we stopped for a, like, to, I mean, we, we stopped like a steak dinner on our way to Charleston for the wedding. Yes. <laughs> so we're just like, we're just not in a rush. Really I love that way of traveling. Yeah, I mean, like, what's the point, you know? To, yeah. Like, be in a rush and, like, break our stuff and be exhausted. It's like, why not? <laughs> yeah. This time, um, this time many years ago, five years ago, maybe not four years ago, I don't know, Matt and I were on a five-week-long road trip. So we, we were doing that. And that was, like, honestly, some of the most fun we ever had together. Were you in, like, a camper? or? No, we were in his car. And we just had the car packed. And we would, like, drive and then get at a hotel or an Airbnb or a campsite or a friend's place. <laughs> Pick one of the above, you know? Yeah. So we spent some nights with friends. And we were going across country like the reason was for my friend Rachel's wedding oh nice but we just made it into this big long adventure and there was like a time where we like ran out of gas between gas stations and you know like the time we went to get oysters and it was like all misty and gross outside and it was only outside seating and you couldn't really see the view <laughs> you know lots of that um but it was really fun because we really felt like a team yeah travel's good for that And so, 
What feels significant about this experience to you of moving from New York to Nashville, driving there with your beloved, and settling? I think I was very excited to have a new start. And to me, moving to Nashville was getting more peace in my life just by having, you know, look like the conveniences of not living in a big city, like having a bigger house and having a car and, you know, New York City is a tough place. You see a lot of things. It's really cold. Mm. Or really, really, really. Are really hot. Are really, really hot. Like right now, it's like, oh my God. Today I thought that there was like a bug crawling on my leg, and I looked down and it was just a drop of sweat dripping down my leg. Yeah. Window. I don't know if you have a window unit in your. Do you have a window unit in your apartment? In my bedroom. I only turn it on at night when I'm sleeping. I don't use the AC during the day. I'm on a budget. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even then, even then, if it's like 100 degrees, heat index, you know window unit doesn't do anything yeah it's like what's it gonna do (laughs) so so yeah you little things just like quality of life is a lot it's a lot easier and can I tell you that right now I have all the windows closed to keep the sound out and it's really hot here and I'm just realizing like it's actually funny because I (laughs) trying to make it quiet for the podcast but it's making it hotter in the apartment I think Uh (laughs) Uh, so I'm living it and you're living this, it. This yeah. is what you escaped. That's what I escaped. So you have like, like real air conditioner in your house. Yeah, I have <gasps> a real air conditioner and a heater, like an HVAC connected <laughs> heat thing. Wow. And so, yeah, like our apartment in Brooklyn had the oil radiators, so uh-huh. you know we always had a fan running or a window open because that heat gets so hot oh yeah that heat's out of control you like literally can't control it (laughs) it's like on or off (laughs) right so yeah we're definitely much more temperature regulated which you would think you would never think of but I love it like a year later that convenience I'm like oh I'm all about this (laughs) oh my goodness people always say the south is so hot and like it is but it's not because yeah, not in them houses. <laughs> you have air conditioning. You have a car. It's not like New York. I feel like in New York, you're always hot because just the winter, the radiators. You're a puppy coat. Like, you're running to the subway, so you're just, like, sweating in your coat. And then you're next to people. It's, like, always uh, hot except for that 10-minute walk. I mean, I, I live 10 minutes from the subway, so I had to, that was that was the cold walk. But towards the end, you're, like, sweating, and then you're just, like, yeah. always, you're always hot in New York. <laughs> And you get on the subway, too, and it's packed. Yeah. But it's full of people. And it's just like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. So hot in my coat. <laughs> yeah. So that's – it's. Just, I always find that funny. People are always like, oh, South is so hot. And I'm like, it's really not that bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. So why did y'all move? Why did we move? Um, yeah. So Adam had a job opportunity – to relocate with his current company and we were already kind of 
discussing leaving New York and like where we could go and he works in music so that was really either Los Angeles or Nashville and we figured we're just like LA to us we kind of the same thing but just packaged to me I say it's just packaged differently it's still expensive it's still crowded um so we didn't we kind of wanted a smaller city for Mm -hmm. potentially like having a family one day and just be like realistically like buying real estate in Los Angeles would probably like would be harder to come by than us buying real estate in the south so his company was relocating people and so they sent us on a trip to check it out to see if we like it and um we weren't like in love but we were in love with the idea of just not being in new york (laughs) because we were both really burnt out on new york at the time Mm -hmm. so we um i think we had we decided january 2016 that we would move wait no 2017 that we would move and then i was on a working on a movie at the time so we're gonna wait till that project ended and i finished that project mid-august and then we like packed up the apartment and moved labor day weekend Mm. and how was that departure for you was it i'm i guess how was it to leave new york city Um, I think because I had, like, so when I moved to New York, I moved there very randomly and within a matter of two weeks, and I moved with two suitcases and I didn't even have a place to live. So I didn't even have time to wrap my head around changing locations. But with moving to Nashville, I had a really long time to kind of digest it. So it wasn't a shock to my system mm-hmm. and the project I was on like kept getting pushed like extending and extending so to me I was just like okay when are we gonna do this like am I gonna have to quit so that um we can just go but it was good like I try to go see um a play every month before I left mm-hmm. just like to do things that I you know, the things that New York's known for um, to just kind of really take advantage of that before I moved. Yeah. Ooh. There are some great things about living here. Yeah. Theater are. being one of the main ones. Yeah. So did that and yeah, I mean, I felt I had a lot of time to digest it. So it felt very um, natural the move mm-hmm. um but yeah just it was a very, a very different move than when I moved to New York <laughs> it was very sudden and this was very planned out mm-hmm. it sounds very adult yeah I mean I was engaged we didn't have a wedding date yet but it was like all right we're going and we're waiting for my job to end and Adam was taking on really supporting both of us um which is a big deal 
Mm-hmm. And we live in a house, which still feels huge. It's like a it's a little cottage. It's like two bedrooms, eight hundred and fifty square feet. And you know, like it's a small house, but to, uh, I really feel like I live in a mansion still. Like I'm. <laughs> oh yeah. Going from like my apartment in Brooklyn was like a one bedroom that was. It was a whole floor of a brownstone, but it was all open. And it was probably like mm-hmm. 500 square feet. So not very big. Um, but it, I mean, it was a great apartment. So, yeah, it is it does feel more adult mm-hmm. having like a house and cars and that kind of world. Has there been joy and adventure in this move for you guys? Um, not, I mean, honestly, not, not really for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of didn't think out the social changes. Mm -hmm. What has that been like? It's been hard. It's been hard to make friends. It's hard not living, like, in a diverse world anymore. Like, New York is, I mean, New York is so multicultural. And I feel like there is that, there's elements of that here. But it's a lot harder to find than, like, New York. You step out and it's all around you. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I cook a lot because in New York we eat out a lot. Cause there's just such good food, but, and there, there are great restaurants here, but that like mid-level restaurant, it doesn't really exist here. It's either like Southern fried food or kind of like a, a ritzier restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it's like that middle ground restaurant that is all over New York. Isn't really here. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's hard. And we, you know, we're married and, you know, in our thirties, just harder to make friends I feel like or like Mm -hmm. making friends as a couple (laughs) oh yeah you might gotta like go separate ways like divide and conquer you know like let him go wrangle a couple friends you go wrangle a couple friends then like just throw them all together in a room and see what happens yeah and like but Adam's like not social at all Uh, like he's very uh like he could live in his office and be like I think he would be okay. Whereas I'm very, I really need a lot of connection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I hear you. Yeah. Me too. And and like New York was almost too much connection, but the way I feel now is like, (laughs) this is not enough connection. It's very isolating. Like living in a neighborhood is very different. Are you, are you guys now married to this location or could you up and move again if you wanted? I mean, for now, I think contractually he has to stay till the end of the year. But um, um, that's not that long. No, but I don't, I could see us either in the future, like moving back to New Jersey. That's where he's from or moving back to South Carolina 
where yeah, I'm I was gonna from. Yeah, I feel like you should move to Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, he works in music, so. They don't have music there? <laughs> I mean, they they do, but it's, it's I mean, it's Nashville is like music city. Like, he could be a professional drummer here and live off of that. Um, that's not yeah. really. I mean, he could probably travel from Charleston to gigs got with the right crew so it's like things are there are possible things that could happen or he could work remote in the future um and we could go back to charleston but nothing's really clear it's not like we could go next year it doesn't seem very clear right now Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna ask what do you feel is possible for you in nashville It's a weird job market. It's, um, so yeah, I used to work in television and film and post-production and actually I did interview with someone like in October of last year, but I was going to have to work 60 hours a week again. And it was for a show where they make five shows a week and kind of the same story of them always being like oh we don't have enough money we have to give you this much and I'm like it's just like I don't want to do this anymore and it was really hard because it was like I don't know it was like saying no to an opportunity but I just knew I'd go crazy if I was sitting in like a black room for 60 hours a week in a high stress environment and I just it was I didn't move to Nashville to do that um and there's been a lot of moments I've had to like trust that that was a good decision because it would have helped a lot to have that income. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking at jobs in like the music industry because I feel like it's creative and people understand that the most. But mm-hmm. if you're like, what's your long-term plan? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I've been nannying a little bit to help out and that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Kids are real. I mean, and it's mostly younger kids because older kids are like in school are more independent usually. So toddlers are really challenging creatures. Mm -hmm. that is true (laughs) true 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 truth that you're speaking but they're not that different than movie directors honestly Uh. i'll tell you that toddlers are honestly my favorite people to be around really (laughs) yeah my um (laughs) my ex-boyfriend's niece i uh spent a lot of time with her in the first few years of her life and man she she knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, they're very they they're very smart. That's for sure. Yeah. And so energetically sensitive. Like being around her really made me understand how what energy I put off really affects the situation, you know, cuz there could be times when she'd be freaking out about something and I would just like go into a deeper space of calm. And so would she, you know? Yeah. 
It's like this reflective thing that happens. Yeah, if kids sense that you don't know what's what's up, they they pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, quickly. they'll eat you alive. <laughs> <laughs> Has that how you've been feeling eating alive? Um, not 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 by all the kids I nanny, but some of them. them. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, I think it's taught me that. I, I can be really good with kids, but it's also taught me that I'm like, I, I can't deal with another meltdown today. Kind of, I have those moments. And when it's not your kid, and it's not your lifelong passion, it's, you're not as good at it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you got to really commit to that performance, you know, if you're going to be like, it's true. Know, to be fully present for a child is a big, big commitment. Yeah, and, like, everyone I nanny for, I tell them, I'm like, I'm looking for a more career-oriented job, so just so you know, I'd give you two weeks' notice, just because I don't want families to, like, think that I'm, like, a long-term solution, and I I would never tell a normal job that, but it's, like, when it comes to kids, like, I just feel really, like, you'd don't mess with that like there's sacredness to it so that's good that I've been able to find opportunities where people don't really seem Uh to mind I mean if you have like a part-time nanny usually you can't be like I need you to be here for forever you know it's part-time work yeah it's challenging too though because with a nanny like sometimes you really need somebody who can like be there at the drop of a hat yeah and it's like how do you make it worthwhile now yeah I've seen like people in New York people living in New York trying to arrange childcare and just like not being able to find and keep someone um yeah oof. well good thing that we don't have to think about that because we don't have kids yeah we, we don't have any kids so. <laughs> so what else is present for you around this move I don't know. I think sometimes I can be a little bit, I want everything at once. Like I just thought that I'd have friends all at once and a job all at once and a sense of community all at once. And it's like, those are things you build over time. Not like, I just, I don't know. I just thought, and when I moved to New York, I had a bunch of friends in New York. So it was kind of like when I moved there, I had an instant base but, and then dating Adam, like his family's in New Jersey. So we ha- I had a little bit of a family base at a certain point. So, with, but with us being in Nashville, I mean, it's really just, it's just us. So that's, that's hard. Because before yeah. we could just pop over to New Jersey. Um, which isn't uh, just a pop over, I mean. MTA on the weekend and then New Jersey transit on the weekend is usually a disaster, but you could get there without having to get on a plane or in a car. Yeah. So that's been hard. I think, I mean, we've been able to travel for the holidays, but trying to think if there was a holiday we were maybe like Easter. I think we we were here alone and that felt a little weird because normally we'd go to Mm -hmm. his dad's. 
and it was right before the wedding, so we didn't want to travel to Charleston because we were going to be there pretty soon after that. Um, hmm. Yeah, how does your wedding play into all this? We haven't really talked about that part of your experience, and that's <laughs> been since you moved there, so I feel like we should talk about it. Yeah, so we got engaged last May, and I picked a wedding date around Christmas, and then we got married in June. I think so you got engaged, and then you moved, and then you picked a wedding date. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure. Well, I mean, I kind of wanted to get married in the fall because it'd be less hot, but the fall is hurricane season. So. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Just the world we live in. Yeah, so I didn't want that to happen, and because like if you have a hurricane and your wedding's canceled, your wedding's canceled. It's not like you can reschedule it, um, at least in the way you planned it, because your money is secure in all those contracts you signed. So I picked the summer, early summer, because I I do love because spring. It was like too soon to pick a spring date. I mean. Yeah, I was getting too close because Charleston's actually a really big wedding destination um, because it's a very beautiful city. So a lot of people actually travel there and get married. Um, I think planning it was hard because I felt really weird, like not working and then being like, oh, I need all this money for flowers (laughs) for for a few hours. Uh. Yeah. And even now I'm oh, kind of, and I had a very small, I had a 50 person wedding. It was really small blur compared to like the whole typical American wedding industry, but it was still a significant mm-hmm. amount of money, which my parents paid for, which is like a huge gift, but mm-hmm. it did feel weird. And my whole family is not really a celebration celebration family so like paying for celebrations has like really never been a thing in my house everything's very low-key so Mm -hmm. I've kind of become that way which I think is in a way good because we do hype up some things too much you've become less of a celebrations person is that what you're saying well no let me try to explain it like my my family's just very low key. So it's not that they yeah. don't celebrate. It's just that things are just a little more chill and go with the flow. And then it can kind of come off as not celebrating. So uh-huh. to me growing up and becoming an adult, I, I'm trying to be more intentional with things, with events, because uh-huh. it's, I've kind of wanted more of that. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, my parents are just like that and it works for them. But for me, I I need like more intention there. You need more celebration in your life. Yeah. So, and it really like, for like months leading up to the wedding, I was really just like trying to get in the headspace to really fully be present and enjoy it because it, it is such an expensive 24 hours if you think about it. But I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to like really be there. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like for you getting present? 
just for the wedding, it was just like really, really sensing everyone that was there and not even, you know, some people couldn't make it, but I knew that their, you know, hearts were with us that day. So really just feeling in to all of that. Um, and just like when people were talking at the reception or at the rehearsal dinner, just really listening and just not thinking about all the other things in my head. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like a real, I mean, as you know, from like when I wrote you that letter, uh, I mean, it was mm -hmm. real dealing with my father is really difficult. Um, yeah. Um, so that was really, really stressful. <laughs> yeah. Did you find a way to come closer to him through the experience or did you experience something other than that? I think I honestly wa walked away with more like he is who he is. Mm -hmm. And kind of wanted him to be different like you want your father to be different when it comes to your wedding you want him to be more or for me like I wanted to be more excited and I wanted him to be really into it and it was just like he made it so hard leading up to it and but then like the day of the wedding he had like the most fun and was like uh -huh. saying he'd want to do it again the next weekend but it's like uh -huh. and we all knew that would happen but it's like the damage that occurred along the way. And that, that's why I wanted to elope, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. It's because I didn't want to deal with him, but I felt like if I just eloped, I would be not allowing myself to have that, that thing I wanted. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'd be eloping to just do it instead of, yeah, doing it the way I wanted to. Yeah, like running away instead of, or like escaping instead of running away together because it's romantic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that like running off into the dark to get married because it's easier. <laughs> and like, I think... Isn't the best feeling. Yeah, and I think like a girl I went to college with, like she eloped recently and she had these beautiful pictures of her and her husband getting married in the Grand Canyon with like their closest mm. like their moms and like I think that's that's beautiful like I was like oh it's amazing but it's not what I wanted you know yeah yeah well I really want to acknowledge you for I know that you were doing so much like deep emotional work leading up to the wedding especially moving through all that with your dad yeah and I really want to acknowledge you for standing up for what you wanted and allowing yourself to receive your desires around that. Thank you. And, you know, I also have a therapist and she's really good. She's we're actually working together kind of new, but mm -hmm. she, we were talking about the wedding before the wedding and it's probably like six weeks out and she was just kind of bringing up how much fear I have around um, kind of letting, like just being 
emotionally intimate with men. Mm. And like, mm-hmm. when it's like saying it out loud, it, it really didn't, I was like, oh, is this really true? But then I was like, no, this is totally true. <laughs> you like have that initial reaction where you're like that's not true and then you look at it and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah and then she was just like it's really hard you move to a place with a man you're marrying him he's like doing most of the money support you don't have a job identity like of course you feel freaked out <laughs> like, yeah it's like the very thing I always told myself I would never do because I always felt like my mom stayed with my dad because she never felt like there was another option. Oof, man, oh man. What a situation you <laughs> manifested for yourself, lady. I know. But like yeah. Adam isn't my dad. Like he's... Yeah, and you're not your mom. And I'm not my mom. And like it's really funny. Like my sister and I actually really married really really different people than our dads which I think um, a lot of times people get trapped in relationships similar to the dysfunctional ones they're used to and we actually seem to make this conscious effort to be like no we don't we don't want that (laughs) (laughs) yeah like no thank you I don't pick to re-traumatize myself that's not how I'd like to learn yeah and you know my dad has admirable qualities too but Mm -hmm. he is just an angry person and hurt person and he just doesn't care how he acts sometimes and doesn't Mm -hmm. apologize and that's that's not okay with me and Adam is like the most patient person ever which is really awesome But it was, I was really glad she brought it up because it helped me be able to look at that emotion of feeling insecure about the decision and men and intimacy and all of that and just kind of look at it closer so that when the time came, I felt really secure in it. Mm -hmm. And that was like, kind of a miracle to get that kind of insight so close it was like kind of like that last puzzle piece I needed Mm. to get through I love it when you get one of those it's so good you're like oh my god everything's coming together yeah it was really it was like a light bulb moment and that was great And how did you enjoy your wedding? Oh, my God. I had the best time. Oh, good. It was... It well, looked like it. The pictures looked like a blast. Oh, my God. It was... Well, it was really hot. It was 103 degrees heat index. Mm. Um, so I don't know how we don't all look like we're in a sweaty... Like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh, my God, these pictures are not going to turn out. But they did. Um yeah, it was just, it was so much fun. And people always say, you should always hire a videographer because, like, you won't remember certain things because mm-hmm. it's just, like, such an emotionally heightened day. And I do kind of wish I had hired one, but I was trying to keep my budget low. But mm-hmm. that was another reason to just be like, okay, I really have to be 
feeling this moment because I don't have a videographer and it's got to get imprinted in my brain. Girl, you should have called me. I would have come with a video camera. <laughs> I should have. I would have come, I would have been there with a video camera. And also my dad was a professional photographer and I always had second camera at weddings. Yeah. And I took some really amazing photos. So I'm just saying. <laughs> If anybody out there listening <laughs> wants me to come document their wedding for them just because they like my eye, um, I'm available for that. <laughs> I, wish, I should have asked. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. Um, on your next marriage. No, just kidding. My vow renewal. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, my God, yes. That's such a beautiful – oh, good job, you. That was such a quick – Upgrade from what I said. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, it was it was great. And it was great that it was like because it was a smaller wedding, it was able to I was able to like see everyone and talk to everyone and not feel um, like I wasn't able to do that. But it was it was great. It was great being in Charleston. It was great. And I got engaged in Charleston, by the way, too. Um, because I don't know, Chantel, who's also been on the podcast. Uh, yeah, Chantel, <laughs> love her. She, Adam was basically stressing out because he couldn't figure out a romantic way to ask me. <laughs> oh my god, adorable! So he literally had this ring for like a year. Um, and so it that's how long he was stressing about it. So finally, I was like. Chantel I knew he had the ring because I was being a bad girlfriend and I snooped in his email which I don't I no longer do and no one should do that (laughs) but I saw that he was having a ring FedEx to our apartment so that's how I knew it was there um so I was kind of like edging Chantel I was like why don't you can you help my boyfriend like like he's so stressed (laughs) out and won't ask his sister's or his mother and just just talk to him so she like facebook messaged him and they came up with this plan together in charleston <laughs> what did she say was she like hey do you need help figuring out how to propose <laughs> i don't even know she just like she just kind of helped him feel better about it but i think she was like she's in charleston next week maybe you should go <laughs> and so he just bought a ticket and surprised me in charleston um well, that's adorable. Yeah. So, and yeah, so it was, and she was at the wedding. She was in my bridal party. Oh, yeah. I love that. And so. So tell me, what do we love about Adam? We love his patience, his mm-hmm. hard work, um, his, his brains. And his positivity. Because <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the more like, like, I was like, let's go to the Caribbean for our honeymoon because it'll be cheaper and it's beautiful and we want to go anyways. He was like, no, we're going to Greece. <laughs> like, we only get married once. We're going to Greece for a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. This is what we've always talked about. And I'm like, all right. He sounds like a gem. He, he really is a gem. Like, he's just, 
I don't know. It was, it's always been really easy. Um, I was just actually making this comment today. I feel like in all the romantic movies, which you have to take with a grain of salt, it's like there's always this like weird, awkward tension when people meet, and it's like, oh, they hate each other, and now they love each other. And I feel like it's like so opposite <laughs> of like how it actually works, and it's like such a disservice to everyone everywhere. I. Ah. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. It's like, just fall for an angry man who hates you for 45 minutes of the movie and then now <laughs> magically wants Some, to marry you. Like, yeah, somebody who treats you like a total asshole and then <laughs> wants to marry you. I've had a couple of those. Yes. Um. So, yeah, it's just always been really, really easy. Um, it was actually kind of funny when we met... I was dating in New York and I was like, this is terrible. I just did not like dating in New York. And how were you doing it? Like with an app? Uh, I was online with like, okay, Cupid or just like going out to bars. Mm-hmm. Bars are not always the best place either, but they can be, they can be good places. It just depends. Um, but yeah. So I was like, I need to date someone who kind of wants to be in New York, but hasn't moved to New York. And it's, kind of already there need someone who's not gotten here and is all all about the scene of new york and mm-hmm. i was like maybe i'll like find a carpenter upstate new york or something <laughs> <laughs> and then like adam messaged me and he lived in new jersey at the time so like all right not upstate new york but i don't know you're like close enough, close enough. <laughs> so he was like working in new jersey but he'd come to the city a lot and so, anyways, we commuter dated for a while, for like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. You guys really are adults, I feel like. I don't know. He just was, like, really great. And, you know, when people are good, it's worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that you feel that way. Yeah. So. That's because you're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we make a good oh. team. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that feeling. Yeah. That's my favorite feeling in a relationship. Those moments when you feel like you're really a team and you really, like, got each other's back and you're, like, winning at life and you're having fun and loving each other. Yeah. It's funny, too, because, like, I find, like, I'm the more spiritual one, but, like, I feel like Adam's actually more enlightened he doesn't really do all the like listening to all the things and reading he just just kind of I mean he meditates every day and I think that makes a huge difference but he's not like I'll be like Adam what do you think about this energy and he's like I don't do energy you know you're that's you (laughs) he's like I'm trying to just live my life woman (laughs) leave me be (laughs) but he's like I swear he's Like, he just, I don't know. I feel like he's, like, vibrating at a higher spiritual, like, a more positive. I feel like I've had a really hard time, and he's been, like, a really good light in all of this Mm. change. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's got to have been interesting and challenging for him, too. Yeah. And he doesn't... Yeah, like, I wonder about, like, I his, have side of, his side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Would he come talk to me? We can do, like, a, a husband-wife combo. Yeah, episode. he might. He might do that. I wonder if you can make him talk, <sighs> that would be... That would be great. Because he's such a man of few words. He's just very... I bet I can make him talk. I bet you could. I I have... Open faith. up... Like, opening people up is what I do <laughs> for a living. You know? That's like my... That is my job, is to get people to spill their guts to me. <laughs> like, he does... He talks, like, when he feels like he has something to say. But he's like... I feel like I could talk to a wall for a day, like, just easily. Whereas he's just more a man of few words, like like they say. Um, which has been interesting in our relationship because sometimes I get mad that he doesn't talk as much as me. <laughs> I'm sure I also yeah. like that about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the thing that you like. Like it's the thing that you like hate and love at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, he's such a peaceful person, but then like you're like, why are you talking more? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what your love language is? I think I haven't done a ton. I think verbal is a huge one, which is why I get yeah. so mad about it because. Yeah. That's like, what I thought. Words of affirmation isn't not what it is. Not one of them. Yeah. That's yeah. my main love language yeah. too. And that was a real problem in my last relationship. I was just starved for that. I felt like, and maybe I wasn't fully present and didn't receive what was there to receive in that regard. Yeah. Uh, however, I felt starved in that. I'm starved. That's extreme. <laughs> I don't know. I know I've been there. <laughs> it's hard when you I... don't feel like people are showing up in ways you want them to. Mm. But you feel like you're showing up for them. Yeah. Whether it's friends or romantic relationships. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so can I ask you a challenging question? Sure. <laughs> like, what is she going to ask me? I'm so interested. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a fun little exercise. So what you just said was, like, I'm paraphrasing, but, like, it's kind of a shame when... Ooh. That's Chantel calling me. I'm going <laughs> to... Hi, Chantel. <laughs> Oh my god, what a lovely little sound effect. <laughs> Thought my phone okay, was so, on silent, but I guess not. That's so funny. Mine went off just a second ago and it was the ringer was on too, and I was like, Oh, I thought that was on silent. <laughs> we really are on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> um So I feel like what we just established together, agreed upon, was that it's challenging when the people you love or the people that are around you aren't showing up for you the way you want them to, and in ways you feel like you're showing up for them. Is that, are we clear? Did we both yeah. agree to that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure I fully understood you before I like make a question based on that. Um, it's like a life coachy question. <laughs> I have your permission for that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, are there any ways 
Mm. That you're kind of like withholding the support that you need from yourself in terms of building a life there in Nashville. Like, as you said that, I was like, oh, I wonder in what ways she's not showing up for herself the way she wishes she would. There's no pressure to answer that either. I mean, I think you just have to have, like, I think I keep wanting everything to be instant. And Mm. if it's Mm -hmm. not instant, then it's not, it's, like, not happening. But trying to have more patience um, with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to not like I guess like like moving to Nashville was is like a new opportunity for Adam and I to kind of create a new life together and a, a life mm-hmm. that we feel more aligned with um, and so obviously like you're not going to have <laughs> the perfect life designed in one year <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, you know, it's like, I have made some friends, you know, so that's good. But it's like, also, that's great. You're not going to have like instant. No, you can definitely have instant intimacy with people. Like, I feel like I met you and felt like very connected with you. Um, But it, it, it takes time to like have history with people and have them see you go through things. Like it's just friendships take time. And it's funny. I feel like everyone is kind of looking at me. Like I have my life together. Like I'm married. Like Mm. I have a car. I have lived in this city and I'm doing this thing. And it's like, I feel like I'm starting over, (laughs) which I am. Yeah. And so it's kind of like we always think that everyone has it so together. Yeah. I think that's what I like about the podcast is you just hear different situations people have gone through. And it might not be the situation you're going through, but a lot of it is universal. Mm-hmm. So just not being so hard on myself. I'm really hard on myself. That's gorgeous. And like, you know, Adam just, he loves me so much and he sacrifices so much for me. And like, he does it so joyfully and like not taking notes and so non-judgmentally. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. what love is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he calls me out when he wants, like, you know, he's like, oh, Anna, like, come meditate with me or, like, oh, Anna, maybe take some steps. And, like, he's not just like, oh, I'll let you be however all the time. I just, (laughs) does that make sense? Uh It's like he, he just, I feel like with my dad, it's like my dad's always making criticism. Yeah. 
And Uh Adam is so the opposite of that. He's so wonderful. So it's like, you know, we're still trying to feel like this is more of a home and have our friends and have our places we go. It's like we have each other. And that's really special. Mm -hmm. If we have any listeners in Nashville, you should be friends with them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, guys. If any of you live in Nashville, could you let us know? (laughs) Yes. You guys could have a a year ago today podcast listening party. Yeah. I was talking about the podcast in my moon group. I was like, everyone should listen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that so much. I'm so grateful. Oh, so It's a good show. It is a great show. Mm. I'm, one, I'm behind like one episode, so. <laughs> oh, I'm behind one episode usually too. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's the way it's been in the past. I'm trying to get more like in front of it or on top of it. We're doing all the things, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, has it been a good year? I feel like it's been an okay, it's like an okay year with a lot of highs and then a lot of lows. So to me, it's not been my favorite year. <laughs> mm, you'd prefer a little more equanimity? Yeah, I really like stability. <laughs> I really like plans. I really like... Oh, see, I'm going to challenge you on that because <laughs> earlier you told me that you're a gal who really enjoys celebration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You think you like stability. <laughs> <laughs> You like a little adventure. Yeah. I know this to be true about you. Yeah. You're a wild woman at heart. I think so. I know so. <laughs> uh, so, what's next for you? I don't know. <laughs> mm, I love that. I don't know. I was like, like I said in the beginning, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. There's just, like, so many pieces that haven't completely, like, settled. Which is, like, funny that when I first moved, I felt so settled. And then it's, like, been kind of the upheaval of that feeling over the past year. Like, I fell asleep to my dishwasher running (laughs) like the first night I was here because I was Mm. so tired like New York made me so tired and you know I've I've been able to really rest (laughs) oh that's so good I'm so glad I know that especially like living in New York on its own yeah and then on top of that the health issues that you had with the PCOS and trying to navigate that and 
trying to hold down a life while navigating that, I can imagine that you needed some rest. Yeah. Needed a lot of rest. So that's been really good. And can't really put a dollar sign on that. Yeah. But I think New York has kind of, an, to me, like, there's, like, an addictive energy there. Like, there's, like, a pulse to the city mm-hmm. that's very, that, like, when I was there, I always felt like, I don't know, it's, like, it felt very meant to be. And I don't, Nashville doesn't, I don't quite feel that here yet. Mm-hmm. Like... But I, you know, I live, I think part of New York's pulse is like all the people and all the activity. And then to go from, you know, a city of that size to a city my size. And it's just very different. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of me hasn't, like, is judging myself for not like thriving in New York. Mm-hmm. Like I moved to New York and it kind of just plummeted me a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, New York, yeah, she will spit you up and chew you out. Kind of like those toddlers. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think that's like a negative reflection all my time in New York that, you know, I'm like putting, assessment on it of what thriving is and I just feel like like I'd wish more had gotten established there like professionally mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah it's like it's okay. also just like being in a city that's like New York's like a world city right it's like it's like Paris it's like London it's like Tokyo like that it's a very big city metropolis you've got specialists in every field in the world there and like Nashville feels a little boring (laughs) Uh like going from that to not to judge Nashville because I I think there's a lot going on here, a lot of cool stuff, but it's like, it's like apples and oranges kind of. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I miss, I feel like I used to think like living in New York was like my cool thing. I could say like, Oh, I live in New York. That's why I'm cool. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. I like live in Nashville. I'm like, what, what is cool about me? (laughs) I think living in Nashville is so cool. I think it's way cool that you live in Nashville. I love Nashville. I've only been there like twice, but both times it was awesome. No, it is. It is cool. I just haven't, I feel like New York was such a part of my identity. Yeah. Like what people think of when they think of New York. And maybe they don't actually people, a lot of people don't think nice things about New York. So I guess it's maybe what I think of New York. (laughs) Mm. Because everyone's like, everyone's rude and it's so expensive and loud. I'm like, yeah, it's just, I think of it as like really diverse and a lot of, a lot of different intellectual communities and people doing the work 
to the top of the line there and you could find everything there and I think a lot of cool things about New York but I don't think everyone not that's everyone's experience of it <laughs> mm-hmm. well that's true about any place right? yeah yeah in any in anything um, yeah <sighs> are you ready to wrap up yeah is there anything else that's really super present for you that you want to speak to or name? Um, I think just whenever having a big life change, just being more open-minded and patient is the key to transitioning. Uh-huh. kind to yourself <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me you've cultivated is this real sense of kindness to yourself mm-hmm. yeah and it's even like if you look at Ab and I's relationship like we didn't get married like the first month we lived together you know like it was over years mm-hmm. so you know things that matter take time Mm. Mm. okay I'm going to invite you to place a hand over your heart and one over your womb And share with me, please, what value you received from this conversation today? Emotional space. And is there anything from our conversation that feels missing or incomplete or disempowering that you'd like to name? And what would you like to be acknowledged for? Sharing. Mm-hmm. Are you open to receiving some acknowledgement from me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anna, I really want to acknowledge you for how fully you show up and how openly you share yourself with the world. You've now gifted me and this podcast and everyone who listens to it, not one, but two beautiful experiences of having a window into someone's life and seeing how beautiful and complicated and perfect and imperfect it can be at the same time. Your presence is such a gift in my life. Every time I hear from you, it makes me so excited because the things that you share are so precious. You have this really amazing ability to relate. And I really want to honor you for sharing that with us today. So thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm.
Can you tell me how you're feeling right now in one word? Don't have one word. <laughs> okay, how many words do you have? Three. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Just because I love you. but calm. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. The word I'm thinking of is disheveled, but it's like this sexy disheveled. <laughs> That's what I'm projecting onto you right now. <laughs> mm. And if you could go back to a year ago, Tonight, as you settled in your new home in Nashville after a two-day drive from New York City, if you could go back and speak directly to yourself from the woman that you are now, what would you say? Give it time. It's not a New York minute. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? Just, you know, also just let your nervous system unwind. (laughs) You've Mm -hmm. lived in such a heightened state in New York. And, you know, things are not that way now. Mm. And just let yourself settle into it. Mm -hmm. I love her. And I love you. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me. I love you. Thanks for having me. My total pleasure. Is there anything that you want to say to our guests before we close? Um, if you're in Nashville, you should be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screening those. So email me. And if you pass, I'll put you in touch with Anna. <laughs> or, <laughs> or you can follow yeah. her on Instagram and reach out to her directly. Who am I? Yeah. I'm not a gatekeeper. <laughs> um well i love that you're willing to do that for me (laughs) like the matchmaker for friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but my instagram is anna babbles if you want to find me Mm -hmm. we'll put it in the show notes too so you could just click right through i think or at least you can see what it's how it's spelled and then copy paste it (laughs) i don't know if it's clickable Is there anything else? Just love the podcast. Glad to be on it. (laughs) Mm. Thank you so much. It means so much to me to hear that, honestly. And I really, you've been with me forever, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just so grateful to have you along for the ride. And it's so fun to, like, have an excuse to talk to you also. (laughs) Yeah. 
me. I listen to the podcast a lot when I cook. Mm, I love that. It's like I'm right there with you in your kitchen. It is. <laughs> you are. Your voice. That's amazing. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Oh, I didn't even realize that that was something I dreamed I could do. Like, <laughs> but now that I'm seeing myself there with you over the airwaves, it's like, that's so nice. Right? The internet's weird like that. Yeah, it's true. So many places. Mm. I have one more question for you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Who are you excited to share this episode with? Um, I think really the listeners. Mm-hmm. I don't really just giving it back to the people. Yeah, I don't know if it's like. I feel like my PCOS one, I felt more, oh, I want everyone to, like, everyone I knew to listen, because it felt like, I don't know, I guess it felt more digestible, whereas this one. Are you saying that you're not going to share this <laughs> no, one on I, social media? No, I am going to. Because <laughs> if so, I'm going to come hurt you. No, I will. It's just like. Just kidding. I feel more, I feel like more emotionally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I hear like, you. I feel more raw. I feel that. Whereas, like, my other one, I was like, I'm a warrior. I made it through. <laughs> and mm. here's my story. And now I'm like, here's my story. <laughs> I don't know what's mm. going to happen. <laughs> I'll be interested to know what people like better. If you're still listening <laughs> to this, what I invite you to do is listen to this episode and also listen to Anna's previous episode, which I'll put in the show notes. And then email us and tell us which version of her you like more. <laughs> is it the one who's all polished and put together? Or is it the one who's um, messy but calm? <laughs> We're having a poll. <laughs> mm. Probably the second one. I guess I should tell them that the email address, if you really want to play, which please do is a year ago podcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on social media at a year ago podcast and i've been posting things lately like pull quotes from the episodes fancy graphics i made myself hannah will you when we get off can you go like like and comment on those things because nobody's (laughs) engaging right now (laughs) i will okay thank you i love you and i always email Um, I feel like I emailed the podcast. You've emailed me like once, but (laughs) (laughs) it was great when you did. You should do it more. I don't, Anna, you're the only person really who emails me. Well, I also won the manicure. I know. Well, it's probably because you're the only person who participated. (laughs) It was a great. Yeah, we keep like, we used to always like want to do fun things like giveaways and stuff, but nobody was playing. Like, come on, people play along. It's so much more fun. I'm trying to build a community here. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a great pedicure I got in Brooklyn, so thank you. You're welcome. Uh, All right. Um, I think that's all the things. I love you. Thanks for talking, and I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs)